I was kind of liking it. Hello. Praise the Lord. <laughs> well, I, during praise and worship this morning, the, I was reminded of Hebrews uh, chapter 5 talks about the disciplines of God. And uh, I think we, a lot of us grew up with the idea that God would beat us into submission. <laughs> but the word discipline there in Hebrews 5 is better translated as being teachable. So the very first thing to uh, being a mature Christian, there in chapter 6 it talks about the different things. It says, let us go on to perfection. But if we look at it from the standpoint that God wants to teach us and not discipline us, teach so that we might be a mature body. That's His desire, to show forth His love to us so that we would know Him. In Ephesians it says, in the fullness of who He is. The length and the width and the breadth. So, Father, we just come this morning submitting ourselves to You as one who is teachable so that we might know You in Your fullness. Amen? Amen. We're good. We're good. (laughs) I'm like, I got two Bibles here. I'm not going to preach that much, so. Um, pick one. <laughs> um, if you got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 1, and we're going to talk about that for a minute. But Jack was saying, I love that. Discipline, in, in, uh, in our language, discipline is usually, if you grew up in southeast Oklahoma, discipline is whooping, right? <laughs> Not whippings. We didn't get whippings. Here we got whoopings. But the discipline is not necessarily the act of the correction. The discipline is, see, and um, like whenever you, um, if you were to study karate or any kind of the martial arts, those are called disciplines. And they, ha- they teach different disciplines. And so it's actually the being teachable and the training of. So the disciplines of God is the teachings of God. It's the character of God. And so we have this idea of, the teachings of God is you do what I've told you to do. But from the mindset of a Hebrew or the ancient days, it was taking on 
the image or the characteristic of God and becoming disciplined in ourselves to become like him. Now, the discipline is not, oh, i got to do everything right. The discipline is training your mind to say, I'm with him. He is with me. We're walking, we're talking. We've been trained in, in, uh, in, in America, in the Western world, that you're separated from him. And he never wanted anything to do. You, you're evil, you're gross, you're disgusting. Well, you don't know what I've been through. I don't have to. Because he came for you. And we've, we've, we have made salvation, Christ on a cross, a moment where he died for our sins. He did. But we've made that, that moment of, well, that's something he did. Now you have to, because he did it, now you need to be disciplined. God's got his hand up ready to smack you. He's ready to wipe you out with everything he's got, right? That's kind of what I grew up under with those kind of teachings. We, I've laughed. I said to a lot of the old school guys, they'd say, man, he preached it and you could feel the, the flames of hell. Boy, you could, I thought, man, what kind of preaching is that? What if we preached, so, what if we preached the gospel so much that they could feel the hand of God? That they could see the nail-scarred hand of Jesus reaching out to them saying, grab a hold of my hand. I've got something a lot better for you than what you've got yourself into. What if I've been in services where preachers would preach the gospel so much that I, my grandpa would preach it. And, and he, would, he would give an altar call and they would run to the altars. And it wasn't a, a sermon of you're going to go to hell. God's mad at you. You've messed up. It was, what do you, and I, we used to laugh because I said, the, the old guys would say, what are you going to do with this man named Jesus? <laughs> the other day I was talking to a, a, a friend of ours. He's actually pastoring one of the churches that my grandpa started. He's a great preacher. Uh, and he, he made a statement. He said, your grandpa used to say when he'd preach, if you've missed heaven, you've missed everything. And I thought, that's, that's a, that's, that was the message that he carried. That's what he preached. But, but we've all, and I begin to realize that as I've grown into some things and changed my viewpoints, heaven is not the ultimate goal. Now that, that'll mess some people up. <laughs> but the message that I carry, and see, what I, what I like about is we build off of each revelation. My grandpa had a revelation. He preached it. I can't look at him and say, well, that was all wrong because what God did in his life was amazing. So what I do is I take what he taught me and I take it further. And I say, okay, God, what are you showing me for mine? And when the Lord was just like, I thought, man, if you miss Jesus, <laughs> you've missed it all. <laughs> because Jesus is not only good to when you get to heaven, but Jesus is good now. He said that you may have life and life more abundantly, that we could have peace now. We could have righteousness now. Matter of fact, you could have the kingdom of heaven now. Amen. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Yes. Amen. We can walk in this earth with, with, with the, the joy of the Lord, as the Bible says, it's your strength. Amen. I think that, I mean, you, you guys know, I know there's a lot of the church needs to get a hold of this. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is our strength. We talk a lot about we, we in the church have a lot of scriptures. We can quote a lot of things. But, and in my life, I found I don't really live all of it out. It's just, it's just become rhetoric that we spew. It's become something that I've heard somebody else say. But, but, 
But I, I, I go back to some of the preachers that I, I was raised up under, and they say, do you know him? That's what they'd say. Do you know? Of course, they'd say, do you know him, right? That's what I grew up in. <laughs> I laughed. I said, if you couldn't say God with three syllables, you wasn't a preacher. <laughs> God, you know, that type of thing. I love that. That's what I grew up in. That's not making fun of it. That's just, it's just common. It's just, was just, I have fond memories of that. But when I, I begin to look at it, it wasn't God is separated from you, but God is, is he's in us. He is, and I'm going to read some, so first, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, you know me, I'm going to read quite a bit of this, so, so hold on. <laughs> it says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Now listen to that. We don't need more power. We don't need more. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing. You have it. You, you have it. We just got to learn to realize that we've got it. Amen? Realize that we have it. I had a friend that, that went, to, he went, to, went to prison for a while. When he got out, it took him almost six months to realize he had freedom. After he'd get through eating, he would go and sit on his bed and wait for his mama to tell him he could get up because that's what they had to do. For six months, he did that until finally one day he realized, I don't have to do this anymore. I have freedom. So this is, I think, what, where we miss the, the, in the church is what, we have discipleship. It's that word discipline. It's learning and training. But what we've done in discipleship is we want to teach you all the rules and regulations. You've got to look like us, smell like us, and anytime you don't do what we think you need to do, then you're out. And discipleship is walk with me, and as Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. But I think too many times we're following doctrine, and we're following traditions of men, and not necessarily Christ. Amen? And we've seen that. We've all been, been to this. So, you have every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame for before Him in love. Holy and without blame. This is what Paul says that you are. If you're in Christ, you're holy and without blame. But we've been told you're not. But Paul, the word of God, says differently. You are holy and without blame. Before him in love. Not in judgment, not in him looking down on you and telling you all the things you're doing wrong. You are in love in him, holy and without blame. Anybody here ever mess up? Do you know that every time, because what I was taught, this is, what, this is what messed me up. And I'm thinking, no wonder we have such a mental health problem in the world. If the church is saying, you need to come to us. And Jesus is going to make you better. He's going to take away all your sins. Great. That's, I come to him. Boom, you're, you're sinning. And now we put more on you than the church, than the world put on you. Now you have to perform for us. Now I had this thought in my mind when I was a kid and I had to work this out. I had to go, okay, I'm saved and walking down the road, man. You know, being 13, 14, 15 year olds, just be honest. Thought run through my mind. Whoa. So I'm saved here. I had a bad thought. Now I'm unsaved. God loves me. He's inside of me. He's working me. He's reconciling me. But I had a bad thought. Now God says, I'm stepping out of you because I can't be in sin. So what do we do? We get saved every Sunday. Right? 
We're not teaching that the Holy Spirit is inside of us, pulling us and leading us and guiding us and pulling us closer to him, reconciling us, walking with us, discipling us. When we got a hold of this. We was at War Crime Ministries and there was a guy that came in. I've known him my whole life. He he'd got hooked on drugs and been on drugs for a long time in a really, really bad way. He got saved. And he came into our church. We loved on him. We began to disciple, began to talk to him. One day, and I've realized when I was dealing with drug addicts, when they disappear, they're usually in a bad way. And so I kept trying to find him. I couldn't find him. And, I, and one day, I've been trying to find him, couldn't find him. And one day, he showed up at the church, and he come up, and he said, he goes, uh, Pastor, will you pray for me? I need to get saved again. And the Lord just spoke to me, and I told him, I said, matter of fact, you don't have to get saved again. I'm not saying we don't need to repent, but salvation is yours. And God will never leave you or forsake you. Now, watch this. And he kind of looked at me and he said, but I, I've been on drugs. I've been doing this. And I said, yeah, but you standing here today is, is sign that the Holy Spirit is working inside of you. Yes. Have you enjoyed drugs since you left? I haven't. It's been horrible. It's been miserable. You know why? Because you're not that person anymore. And the Holy Spirit is telling you, you can't go back. You've already crossed the threshold and the spirit is coming with you and moving in you. I don't care if you know somebody right now that said, well, they're backslid, they're in a bad way. The Holy Spirit is still working in them. The Holy Spirit will not leave them or forsake them. And the Holy Spirit, when you see people leave the church, sometimes they're the most miserable people in the world. Do you know why? Because the Holy Spirit will not leave them alone and tell them, I still love you. I still have a plan for you. I still have a path for you. I still love you. That's it. I love you. And some people can't handle hearing, I love you. Because we are so in our mind... Feeling in ourselves that we're destroyed, we're gross, and we've messed everything up. But the Holy Spirit, when I was a drunk, I had to drink because the Holy Spirit was there all the time. That's why I got drunk, because I tried to get rid of the voice. But guess what? I never could. Right before I passed out, the Holy Spirit said, I love you. <laughs> Boom, plaque out, wake up the next day. And the very first voice that I heard when I opened my eyes is, I've been here and I'm still here. Drove me crazy. Drove me crazy. So just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. <laughs> we like to talk about man's will, and we have our own will, and we do. But his will is that all should be saved and that none should perish. <laughs> He has more hope from this world than we do. <laughs> Amen. That his, it's his good pleasure. It's his pleasure to see uh, men and women coming to the Lord and, 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 and moving in. And say, well, that person over there, they're in a bad way. They're in darkness. They're in this. But if there's one hope, if there's one set of light that they have hope in, he says, that's my pleasure, is that my will will be done in their lives. Not, I'm going to make you do what I told you you're going to do and you're going to listen to me because I'm God. No, it's I. My will is love. My will is peace. My will is joy. My will is a, is a sound mind. And my will, I'm reconciling my will and I'm pulling you closer and closer to me. 
Why do you think the world acts crazy at certain times? Because he's pulling himself closer. He's pulling us closer to him. Everybody's stirred up about this war right now. Christians are freaking out over war and over high gas prices. And I don't mean to get this way, but I just it blows my mind that Christians that believe that God can provide for them at $1.32 can't provide for them the same provision at $4 and $5. If it goes $15, it doesn't matter. God will provide. So the war that we see here, what we see is war, but what we also see is a whole world coming together going, that's not good anymore. Come on, somebody. That that war and killing people is not right. You can't get away with terrorizing the world and terrorizing certain people. Not going to happen anymore. Everybody's stirred up about all this stuff. Everybody's stirred up about uh, the, the women's liberation thing that's happening. But women are saying it's not right that we're treated this way. We want to be heard. This is God's will that you be put in your place. And that is right beside us, standing close with us, working with men. Amen. Amen. Racism is a thing and people are like, oh, racism this, racism that. But if the world is saying, you can't do that anymore. It's not right to hate somebody because of the color of their skin. This is God reconciling the world and making us unity, bringing us into one. And we're so worried about getting out of here that we're missing what God is doing. Woo, that'll preach. But this is according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound to us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposes in himself. Woo! Having been made known to us the mystery of his will. His will is that he loves you. His will that he wants you, he he wants good things for you out of the pleasure of his heart. He wants you to be whole. He wants you to be healed. He wants you to have peace in your life. And he says this, that (coughs) his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. Out of him came Christ. Out of him came the word of God. Out of him came you. And he said, if you come out of me, you are good. You have been created out of love. God didn't create any of us out of anger and out of hate and out of hurt and out of pain. But he created us out of love. And if you're created out of love, then you are love. You have love and you are loved. That in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ. Um, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. (laughs) Bringing you to him. that That we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. 
Verse 13, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Woo. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. What's the promise? That you will be reconciled to him. That's why those that backslide, the Holy Spirit has been sealed on them and in them. And he's working from the inside out. Amen. That's why when people leave the church, when I was pastoring church and they would leave, they'd say, what do you think about that? They don't bother me. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's working in him. And now we have to trust and believe that the Holy Spirit is working in them and that we, it don't matter if they don't hear our voice anymore, they will never be able to turn the voice of the Holy Spirit off. And what is the voice is, I love you. I've seen grown men fight over that. In their mind is struggling. Ah, I don't want it. I don't want to be loved. Why don't you want to be loved? Because I can't handle it. I don't know what it's like. And it's too much. <laughs> because they feel like they've messed up. Because the world's told them they messed up. The church has told them they're no good. The church has told them if you don't come to church every Sunday look like us, then God doesn't want anything to do with you. But the Holy Spirit inside of them is saying, but I hear him calling me. I hear something in me saying there's got to be something better. The Holy Spirit of promise who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of the glory of his glory. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance? Our inheritance is what? It's to be like him. Well, I don't look like him. I don't feel like him. Today, they said something to me and I sure don't want to act like him. I sure don't want to act Christ-like today. But the Holy Spirit is the guarantee that God's going to get what he invested. That God's going to reconcile us back to him. Therefore, verse 15, he, Paul begins to pray. Therefore, I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know... What is the hope of his calling that are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? He says, my prayer is that your eyes of understanding will be opened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? His inheritance in you. I want your eyes to become open to what his hope is and his inheritance is in you. And that's you becoming like him. And he's working on us every day. He's working on the world. Remember the song? He got the whole world in his hands. He's got the Ukraine. He's got Russia. He's got Iraq. He's got Africa. He's got all the nations in his hand. And he's reconciling the world to himself. And the world is crying out, hey, we want equality. 
Hey, we want peace. Hey, we want healing in our lives. There's been trauma that's being happened. Right now, there is a huge move in the thing called deconstruction, which people are pulling away from the church. They're saying, I don't believe in it. They begin to speak they don't believe in the word of God. But what they're saying is, if you listen to them, if the church could quit being so offended and listen to what they're saying is, is you've caused trauma in my life. And I can't take it anymore. And I don't. And most of these people are going, I, it's not that I don't believe in God. I just don't like the way the church has treated people. And there's a great movement that's happening right now that people said, I've been hurt. And, we, it, it, and the church has got to move past it. You just got to do what we tell you to do. We're the church. You do. And we got to come to that place to say, I hear your pain. And we got to come and help heal that. This is a, a sound that's beginning to rise up right now. Is there's been hurt in my life and I can't take it anymore. I don't feel like this is the way God really is. That you would understand what his inheritance is. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Ooh, that you would, and you would understand, your eyes would coming open to the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. The first of the scripture, he says, you've been given every spiritual places, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And that's where Christ is seating at the right hand in heavenly places. And where is he seated at? Far above principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who feels all in all. Christ is alive and working in all, in all, in all. Working in you working in me, but guess what? The drug dealer, the alcoholic, those across the railroad tracks, Christ is working in them. The Holy Spirit is knocking on their door today. And what we've got to realize, and I think the church has not, not realized, is they're not coming to the church. They're not just showing up here every day, knocking the door down. But that's why Jesus said, go to the highways and the byways. Go to your jobs, go to your kids' ball games, and let your light shine. As a matter of fact, the light that's inside of you can't be hid. <laughs> let your light shine. Let, tell people the good news, the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus came. The gospel is that when Jesus came, that things changed in this world. That the way God responds to people, he changed. He said, I'm going to now begin to do it through Christ. What did Jesus say? Jesus made a statement. He said, the father doesn't judge anybody. He's actually turned all over judgment to the son. Whoa. He said, the father doesn't judge anybody. Now he's turned it over to the son. And the son comes not to judge. But that the world through him might be saved. The father handed judgment over to the son. The son hung on the cross and he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. And the Bible tells us that on the cross, he's reconciling the world back to him. And he says, I'm going into your darkness. I'm going into the very darkness that you created. And from there, I'm going to begin to shine a light so bright 
that it's going to begin to overtake the world and the darkness will not be able to stop it. The darkness will not be able to comprehend it. The darkness will have no power because the light is beginning to shine. I see in southeast Oklahoma, I see the light shining brighter and brighter and brighter. And sometimes despite our... Our inadequacies of sharing the gospel, of not knowing what we were doing, (laughs) not knowing how to do it, and sometimes doing it completely wrong. The gospel is still being preached. It's still being shared. It's still being released into southeast Oklahoma. We we used to hear a saying, and we, we believed it, that all of Oklahoma would be saved. But I got to thinking, I was like, God, you believe more than that than I do. Because you said, my will is that all would be saved and that none should perish. None should perish. We heard today that the gospel of Christ, the mystery of his will, the mystery of, of, of what he wanted, of what he desired was that you would know him. And then we, in the scripture, it says that you were sealed by the Holy Spirit. That he, he encases you and he begins to work on your mind. He begins to, to, to tell you, hey, it's okay. Well, I've messed up. It's okay because you're not, you're not gone yet and you're not out of his hand and he's still working in you. Well, I should be over here and I should be doing this. He's like, yeah, maybe you should, but you're not. And you're right here and God's with you. He's not left you. Amen. Well, you don't know, I was doing good for this long and then I, I slipped and I messed up and, and I need to be, I should be. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe so. But God knows exactly where you're at. And the Spirit is still working on the inside of you and the thing and the, just, the, 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 just the, the, the matter of fact that you're having those thoughts means that the Spirit is working in you. Amen. Just because I'm having trouble and my thoughts is the what is the spirit beginning to say? Because if you ever have a thought of I'm dumb and I'm stupid and there's no other word that come to you, then the spirit's not working in you. But if you hear these words, I'm not good enough, I'm dumb, I'm stupid, but the Holy Spirit begins to say, no, you're not. I didn't create junk. I didn't create something that I didn't want to do. I didn't create something that I wouldn't go after. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The world, not just us, but the world. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What will you do with this man named Jesus? The last few days I've thought about those words. I remember those preachers. I told you that one of my, the guys I knew was from Louisiana. He was half Cajun, half Choctaw. Dark skin, had white hair. I mean, it was just bright white. He wore polyester suits, white patent leather t- shoes. And I always thought, man, when I become a preacher, you got to have those shoes to be a preacher. Man of God. I mean, I'm talking a man preach and just people would spawn it was just, it was just, I can remember but that's what he would say even when he was younger as I told you he said we like man can he preach something else <laughs> that's all we hear but what will you do with this man named Jesus if we preach the gospel and he would say you know a lot of times I'd heard him preach and they didn't preach a lot about hell they preached about Jesus 
<laughs> they make the case for Christ and they say, what are you going to do with him? What are you going to do with this man named Jesus? What is, he, what, is he, what is he to you? Savior, friend, healer, redeemer. We've heard all these different names for him. But Jesus is coming to each one of us. He's, he's, he, has, he has shown up in our doors and he's here in McAllister and he's working on these streets today. He's working in these homes today. He's working all over southeast Oklahoma and the world even. But I, and I know specifically here. There are churches this morning that are preaching the gospel and they're reaching and they're teaching. There are people that are being saved weekly in our area in southeast Oklahoma. And we can look back at that and we can begin to rejoice and say, God, you have you've answered our prayers. And, and you know, it's funny. We have, we've said we've been praying for Southeast Oklahoma. I was thinking about this the other day. I said, oh, we've been praying for Southeast Oklahoma. God, we've been praying. And I've been praying this thing for salvation. I've been praying for healing. I've been praying for this. And the Lord was like, yeah, I know you've been praying. He said, uh, where do you think those prayers came from? <laughs> I was like, he said, you, thought, you just thought those up on your own? And he was like, that's my will. And you're praying my will. You're praying my heart. And this, this heart has been from the foundations of the world. This heart and this, this, this thing that we, we talk about, salvations, healing, even the word revival, God says, uh, that's my heart from the foundation of the world, that the mystery is now known. The mystery is there's no clouded anymore. Now it's released. And now it is simply grab a hold of my hand and let me pull you out of the miry clay. Set your feet upon the solid rock and let me begin to pour my heart into you. Let me begin to pour into you who I created you to be. Powerful. Um, that's it. <laughs> anybody else got anything, Beth? It's, um, Good works actually doesn't mean that of what we think it means now. It 
says it's a word good. Um, in the Hebrew, it says that it, it's the most broad, colorless, and descriptiveless word in the Hebrew language, the way they use that word good. They said it is broad, and it literally means the essence of God, just goodness. And the word work there means your inner intention and desire. And it says so. We are his workmanship created in Jesus unto having his godly inner desire and intention. That God ordained it to be that way, that we should walk in that inner godly desire and intention. So it isn't about our works or what we do, it's us coming back to who we've always been. Created with him, seated with him, for him. And if God is love and God is good, then so are we. Um, and what we're doing to me as the church and in our society is love can mean different things to different people. Um, some people are in abusive situations where they think it's love. Some people think one thing is good and it's not really actually good at all. And But in God is the true love. In God we love. In God is true goodness. And we, we said that you have these people that are deconstructing from the church, but it's because the goodness and the love that was quote-unquote shown wasn't the God. Goodness and love. Yeah. And it is exciting. I remember um, I have a friend that's an atheist, and the Lord told me, I was like, man, I, I wish I knew how to talk to them about you. And he goes, don't worry about them. He said he has a question, and I'm always open for questions. I thought, that's interesting, because we have the scriptures, seek and you'll find me. Knock and it will be open, but as the church, we actually kind of don't like that. No. You know, we don't like when people begin saying, oh, there's something more, there's something else. I don't feel like this is right. But Jesus wasn't uncomfortable with that at all, because he knew at the end of all things is himself. He knew, like you said, you cannot get away from Jesus. No matter where you go or how far you go, you will find him and run into him. So there's two things I want to talk. Just I'm going to read some commentary on this. One of them is is chosen us and him, and the other one is the word predestined or predestination because we we'll deal with that. So this is one of the commentaries: says the Father chose us in Him, the Son, Christ, who is God by nature, became man by choice. If we choose Him, we who are human by nature uh, become uh, become gods by grace. Now. We, we, we see that. It says, if we are in Christ, the Son of God, we are the sons of, Paul, of God. Paul is not addressing individuals as such, but us, the community, the church. And he is not addressing the issue of human will in salvation, but the will of God. The will of God is all that all are chosen in him. Now, be, being predestined, God does not nullify human will in everything. God is the originator, the initiator. We merely respond, but our response is necessary. Becoming a Christian is not so much inviting Christ into one's life as getting oneself into Christ's life. What is true of Christ must become true of one who is in him. Now, listen to that. What's true of Christ must become true in the one who is in him. Now, as we see that, the old mind says, you need to be like Christ, you got to do better. But the Spirit is what brings us into Him. Right? We see Christ as perfect. Can we be perfect? 
as the Spirit moves us to that, as the Spirit in us, the same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead, right, is working on the inside of us. So we've got to look. If that is true, if the, one who, if the one who is in Christ must eventually become like Christ, then maybe we should start studying what Christ was. Maybe our focus should be more on Him. Maybe our gaze should be Him, and not Him plus what we think He ought to be, but Him. <laughs> Amen? So we come into him and, and it's, it's looking at him and walking like him. He says, I say what I hear my father say and I do what I see him do. So we see the actions of God on earth through Christ. And he says, now as you're becoming absorbed into me, your response needs to be like my response would be. And there's a, we could, that's, that's what we're working on, right? Amen. Yes, What was just given was an invitation to somebody. It was an invitation to, in your heart, he's speaking, I'm, I am inviting you to come. Because when that when an invitation goes out, there has to be a response. And the, the old school was, you need to come forward or this or that, but, but the response actually has to happen in your heart. And in your mind. The response has to happen in, in your heart and in your mind. And as you respond to him in your heart and your mind, as you drop, um, as you let go of reservations or ideas that, of him that we've created in our mind, he says, I will come to you. I will heal you. I will deliver you. And as we read in Ephesians, my spirit will come and begin to seal you and begin to speak to you and begin to comfort you. The invitation today was to come for God wants to restore. God wants to, he wants to show you his heart. The Holy Spirit comes. The Holy Spirit doesn't come to steal, kill, or destroy. He doesn't come to, to judge, tear down, or show you your inadequacies, but he comes to restore. And literally all that we have to do in response is receive. Let's open up our heart and say, God, I'm here. 
And if that's me that you're talking to, maybe it's all of us. And God, we just stop for a moment and we make that response in our heart towards you. We stop fighting and trying to make things happen on our own. Lord, we stop trying to make things, make ourselves better on our own. And God, we just, we just simply just receive this word. We receive Christ. We receive the Spirit of God that's working in this room. Lord, your word was, was, was deliverance, healing. God, we receive that in our lives today, God. Healing, God, of, of hurts and wounds, God. Healing, physical healings today, God. Lord, as we just, we just pause for this moment as a response of the word that's gone forward, God. To open our hearts towards you. To open our spirits towards you. To bow before you as your spirit is in this place. And your word is, is moving and it's working, God, in our hearts today, God. God, renew our minds. Renew our hearts Heal our minds, heal our hearts, God, our bodies today, God. Lord, you're, you're healing, God, on a, on a cellular level, God, a molecular level, God. You're healing wounds and hurts. You're mending those up right here in this place today, God. Lord, you're letting us know today that the mystery has been removed. And when the cloud has removed and the curtain, the veil was torn down, Lord, that the mystery is Jesus Christ. That it's you, Lord. The mystery is you, Lord. God, and we thank you for that today, God. We thank you today, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's some several scriptures that Paul talks about that the word that you've been given, the gospel that you've been given, make sure you take care of that. Hold on to that. That word that you have in your heart right now, that gospel that you've heard, that you feel inside of you right now, Lord, we just pray as your word says, the Holy Spirit seal that, and you hold on to that and go back to that. When things get cloudy, go back to this moment of, God, I know that you're with me. And I feel you working on the inside of me. Amen. I trust that you will hold on to the word that God has spoken to you today. Let's make our declaration. As we have given back to the Lord a portion of what He has given us, we declare that He teaches us to profit and leads us in the way we should go. The Lord gives us power to make wealth, supply all our needs according to His riches and glory. We bless Israel and pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And as He blesses us, His way becomes known on the earth and His salvation among all nations. Lord, we are believing you for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, debts paid off and transfer of wealth, prosperous businesses, our vats filled with oil and our coffers with gold. 
Expenses decreased, blessings increased, heavens opened, earth invaded, signs, wonders, and miracles, and angelic visitations. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, thank you for more than enough to give into your kingdom, co-labor with heaven, and see Jesus get his full reward. Amen.